Thanks for tuning in to the Movie Know-It-All podcast, part of the Know-It-All network. For our past listeners, thanks for following us as we make this transition. We have lots of things in store, so stay tuned and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're also launching Patreon with exclusive content like early access to brand new episodes, feature-length movie commentaries, and more, all for as little as $5 a month. If you're new here, be prepared for foul language, truth bombs, bad impersonations, and stuff you can't find anywhere else. Remember, other podcasts may know a lot, but we know it all. Welcome to the Movie Know-It-All podcast here on the Know-It-All Network. We are your hosts, I am Will. And I'm Bob. And catatonics are easy to possess. <laughs> that a creepy man. movie, man. <laughs> Dude, so this movie we're going to be talking about today is a movie that a lot of horror uh, genre people really, really love and appreciate. But yeah. it's not really in the mainstream as like Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th or uh, any of those movies. Not and even the first Exorcist. And his director didn't fucking have it and hold it in high regard. No, not really. And and we're talking about Exorcist 3 uh, directed by William Peter Blatty, the guy who actually wrote the novel that the first movie was based on. And... Uh, this is uh, inspired by one of his other novels called Legion. Yeah. That he wanted to make. And man, this movie has a story, a story uh, that's almost as interesting as the movie itself. And I'll tell you that. Much. This is his first movie, I think, right? Who's? William Peter Blatty. Yes. This is his first movie that he directed. And yes. I got to tell you, man, he took a lot, a lot yeah. from William Friedkin. Oh yeah, this this feels like a true sequel to The Exorcist, it, 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 and and it's so funny because like it was never intended to be, like it really really wasn't. They did a very whether he thinks so or not, they did a very good job, and this should have been part two. Like piss on the hair, yeah. like that movie yeah. sucks and everybody knows it. Like if you if you've if you're a completionist like I am, you got to watch them all sometimes, and like yeah. I've seen The Exorcist two two times. One time, the first time I saw it, and I was like, boy, it couldn't have been that bad, could it have? And I watched it again, <laughs> and I was like, I'm fucking, no, it was way worse. It was way worse than I thought it was. It's a bad, boring, dumb fuck of a sequel. Excuse me. But part three is this fucking blossoming nightmare that starts off so, like, far away from an Exorcist movie. Like, this, it, it starts off, it's a noir film. And it's like I said yeah. right before we, we we started recording that this movie has always kind of been a supernatural seven to me. Yeah. Like it's a supernatural crime thriller. Yeah, and it's a damned good one. And like it, it's so funny because when William Friedkin like put it up to be adapted, like right away, like 20th Century Fox like acquired the rights to it. They acquired it super quick. Mm-hmm. Like the idea was to fucking like hit the sequels like fast. And, like, do what this guy's been doing. And, like, everything was coming into play. William Friedkin personally wanted John Carpenter to direct it. 
And like he sat with John Carpenter and he was telling him all the stuff that he wanted. And John Carpenter, I imagine, was sitting there stoned off his ass and was like, man, Mm. like, why don't you do it? And John Carpenter was like, I don't get it. Yeah, he was like, clearly you you get it and you want to do this. You you should do it. Like direct it yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Like it and it was it was a very smart move. Cause like yeah. as much as I like John Carpenter and like fuck like John Carpenter, I love John Carpenter. Like mm-hmm. if there's ever a career that I envied, it's his. Yeah. Like I, I want to be able to make movies that I want to make and like sit on a beach somewhere getting stoned and playing video games all day, making music with my kid, and just paychecks show up. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, what I mean, cool. like like seriously, like that guy created that guy created uh like two of the biggest uh, franchises of all time, you know? Mm. Like, he created Halloween. Uh, honestly, I mean, I, I, I'd like to think that, that uh, uh, like, Escape from L.A. and yeah. uh, and, and those movies are, are in New York. Mm. Uh, are Yeah, New York. I meant New York. I meant New York, people. I didn't, I didn't I, mean L.A. I meant New York. <laughs> no, fuck, fuck all the way off. I like L.A. Like, no. We're, we're like, don't get me started. Well, we'll turn into the movie know-it-all Defend Escape from L.A. podcast because I will fucking do it all goddamn day. I like Escape from L.A. I like Escape from L.A. because uh, it felt like a parody of the first one. Yes. Much like much like Evil Dead Two was a parody yeah, of that's what Evil I was gonna Dead. say. I was like, <laughs> yeah. it feels like a parody in the sense that Evil Dead Two is a parody of Evil Dead. Much like Gremlins Two was a parody of Gremlins One. You know, kind of yeah. like that. You know, it's very like, self aware in itself. Escape from LA is really like, let's go all the way with this. Like, don't fucking yeah. dilly dally. Like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, and I so, appreciate uh, that. And it has Bruce Campbell. And it's got Bruce fucking Campbell in it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and die. You got me defending this shit. I should. It's a fun fucking movie. If you like Escape from New York, you like Escape from L.A. And if you're one of those people that, oh, I like Escape from L.A., eat a dick. It's such a good movie. Well, We're talking about The you, Exorcist 3, guys. If you like Exorcist, uh, The Exorcist, you're going to love Exorcist 3. Absolutely. So, <laughs> that's that's so here, true, though. That's very true. So this, this this movie came about because uh, William Peter Blatty wrote a, a book called Legion, mm. and he he optioned it for a movie, and they're like, okay, we'll make it, but we need we're we we're gonna call it because it had elements of demonic possession in it already, yeah. And the studio was like, hey, it's got demonic possession, uh, let's just call it The Exorcist. And Vladdy was like, "Okay, fine. Just let me direct it, and I'll and I'll do it or whatever." Exorcist came out in 1973, yeah, 72, 73. Exorcist two came out in 77. This movie came out in 1990. Right. So almost two decades later, mm-hmm. this movie comes out, and I gotta tell you, man, um, watching it again recently for the this movie feels like it was made in the 70s. It does. Like, like hardcore. And it's fucking it's it's George C. Scott is what it is, man. Like and, he, you just feel that that fucking burn from him. Like he he has these weird inflection outbursts that like I couldn't imitate if I tried. And yeah. like believe me, I try. But like <laughs> he has outbursts at the weirdest moments. And it's like, in case you forgot that this is serious, mm-hmm. like, and I don't know if it's just the, the directing, 
the timing of it is really well in this movie. Like he loses yeah. his temper at all the right moments and they come out of nowhere. And yeah. like, like there's a scene where he's talking to the, to the head of the, of the mental hospital. Yeah. And the guy's just like, guys just like talking and like right at the moment where I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's George C. Scott in the movie. Yeah. Goes, shut the fuck up. You know, but let me, let me tell you something about his performance. So, uh, he's probably most famous for, for playing Patton in, in the, in the movie. Uh, and, uh, but I remember watching him as the grandfather in a movie called Angus. Now in that movie, that movie, yeah. And in that movie, he's like this warm, uh, but kind of, kind of like, uh, not really politically correct kind of grandpa, but like everybody loves him. Like his, his daughter loves him. His grandson loves him and everybody looks up to him. And he's this yeah. warm, kind-hearted old man. In this movie, he looks like he's about to pop a blood vessel throughout the entire film. And <laughs> as an actor, it's so hard to keep that uh, that energy throughout the entire performance, that consistency in character. This guy, the very first scene of the movie that he's in, he uh, he's investigating the murder of a, of a what a thirteen, fourteen year old kid. That he mm-hmm. knew, and yeah. like just the pain in his like like this guy has seen everything, but this breaks him because he's, yeah. he's a kid that he knows that that he that he uh, the kid that looks up to him that he he was kind of like uh, mentoring, dead on the floor, you know, yeah, and and you could see that that this whole thing is just getting to him, and he you see the recognition in his eyes. Because this is very reminiscent of someone that he dealt with years ago. Like, if you've seen Seven, he really is like Morgan Freeman took a lot from this role. I feel like yeah. he does. He does have this whole like he's on his way out sort of thing, and he's like, "I'm not mm-hmm. gonna rest until I solve this. Like, mm-hmm. this has to fucking end. Like, before I could fucking ever like put my fucking badge and gun away. Like, I need to solve this crime." Like yeah. it's because the crime is reminiscent of a serial killer that he's already caught. Yeah, that, that's killer. already dead. Yeah, it's already been executed. Yeah. And like, here he is like, no, like, this person's killing people the same way the Gemini killer was. And like, the things that we leaked to the newspaper aren't all the things that we found about this killer. And this person, whoever it is, is doing the exact same thing, mm-hmm. like putting the gem, cutting the Gemini symbol into their into their palms. Yeah, like, this is something so, that that killer used to do that we never told anybody about. And like something, all, something about something about uh, cutting off cutting off the the they told the press that they cut off one hand, and in actuality finger. they cut off the other the finger. Yeah, and yeah. in actuality they cut off the other hand. Mm. You know. So and then in the other one they would tattoo the they'd carve the Gemini, yeah, into and like these bodies, which is inspired I mean, by an actual serial killer. There was an actual Gemini killer. Uh, no, it was, it was Zodiac. Zodiac. There you go. Was, Zodiac. Based killer. on the Zodiac killer. Yeah, and like yeah. they had like all this stuff going for them. It's such a different start for an Exorcist movie. Like it starts yeah. off with them hunting a killer. Yeah, and it's like okay, like I'm in, and I'm already like, because they they really do, and it's one of the things that I appreciate 
so fucking much about this movie. Like, George C. Scott is fucking, he's just as much the audience as we are. Yeah. Like, he's witness, we're witnessing this shit at the same time that he's witnessing it. Yeah. And he's like, no. Like, trying to fucking maintain some sense of, like, that's not fucking happening. Like, no fucking <laughs> way. Like, I'm a yeah. fucking cop, dude. Like, yeah. It's like the bad guys are just that. They're guys. Like bad people are just that. They're just people. Like I am not fucking dealing with this. Like, and the way he, he doesn't sit there and like, no, this can't be happening. He just yeah. like look, watches it, takes it in, and he's like, okay, moving on. Yeah. Like, just and like I've got a job to do. I'm not fucking with this. And he's got a friend who's also a priest who like this priest is kind of like, I don't want to say losing his faith. I want to say, like, he's kind of losing interest, you know? Yeah. And, like, I guess this guy is on his way out. <laughs> and and uh, George C. Scott's character, he's, he's just, like, seeing all these things. Mm-hmm. And the only conclusion that he can come to is, is it going back? Because he plays a, a cop that was in the first movie. Yeah, so, yeah. So everything that he's seeing... Like it reminds him not only uh, of of the the Gemini, but it also reminds him of what happened to Reagan all those years ago. Yeah, with Father Karras and shit. Yeah, and which like, is which is um which I love that the movie focuses like they could have brought Karras in for 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 a bigger role or make him like a yeah. like a main character or something. But they I, use I love, him so I, well. They use him very well. And they use him in a way that 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 connects this movie to the first one in in, in a believable and an acceptable way. They don't just shove it down your throat, you know? Yeah. And like it's it's super strange because like you know, you go in and you like it's just it's 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 such a weird way of connecting it, considering that like the in the book, there is no connection. To the exorcist. No. There's not no, even the, an implication this, that this is happening in the same world. No. Like, it's it's its own story, very much. And like fucking William Friedkin found a way to connect it. And that was the mm-hmm. big thing. Cause like the truth of the matter is, I think this is 20th Century Fox or is this Warner Brothers? I can't remember. Um, like, I'm I'm not sure. Either okay, either way, the studio execs, I guess it's just because it feels like Warner Brothers. Yeah, uh, just fucking sticking their finger in the Morgan pie Creek. Like, Morgan Creek. Okay, so them just sticking their fingers in the fucking pie and like, hey, uh, add this to the movie, and like, poor fucking William Friedkin. Like, okay, but out of that, that's not part of my script, and like, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, mm. but we're giving you all this money. You, you, you have to. You have to. You have to do this. Like, sorry. And he's like, whatever, man, I'll find a way to make it work. And he fucking keeps doing it. Like, what an adaptive director. Like, it's yeah. very hard. It it's is really writer. Yeah. And I imagine this is lightning in a bottle, guys. And this is why writers <laughs> and directors are two different people most of the time. And the yeah. reason they do that is because you may have a vision for your story, but like, the vision that the fucking studio execs have and the director has are oftentimes very different from what you're picturing. Mm-hmm. And you've just got to be a big boy about it. And like <laughs> be an adult, like you just do yeah. Like that's what you, that's, you know, 
you write these things and like when you're attached to it, you work really hard to maintain the vision as much as possible. William Friedkin almost all the way to the end of his life didn't like this movie. Like he thought it was a bad movie, like all to fucking together and fucking the original director, William Peter Blady was like, it's an amazing movie. Like, what are you not seeing what you did? Like, it's really good. But he was like, no, they deviated from everything that I wanted to do. You know that there is a completely different introduction and a completely different ending that were shot and filmed mm-hmm. and edited and in the can and fucking last minute fucking Morgan Creek was like, oh, yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. We loved everything about it. And then like some suit was like, there's no exorcism. Where's the exorcism. <laughs> yeah, there's no exorcism in the movie. And the guy's like, what? He's like, there's no, ex- there's no exorcism. Like, holy shit, is there no exorcism in an exorcist movie? Like, no, we got to fix that. And they go back and they reshoot a whole fucking ending of this movie. They gave them an additional $4 million to reshoot the ending and add in Father Karras. Yeah, fucking silly. And, like, it takes nothing away from the story. It stays so good all the way to the end. It it still feels consistent. Yes, it builds to a fantastic fucking ending. Like, a (laughs) damn good ending. And, like, what the fuck, dude? He even fought really hard to call the movie Exorcist 20 years later. Like, he wanted to call it Exorcist 20 years later. So it could be the sequel that trumps over two because William Friedkin fucking hated two and so did William Peter Blady. Like, they both hated part two. Funny story, um... William Peter Blatty, uh, he actually went to a theater to watch uh, Exorcist 2, mm-hmm. right? Went in there and kind of, you know, nobody knew who he was, so he just went in there into the theater. And he was not, I won't say blown away, but he was surprised that mm-hmm. everybody was laughing throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Everybody was laughing. It's and so he poorly kinda, he, acted. He kind of chuckled. He, he he admitted to kind of chuckling a little bit also. Mm. But like the fact that the sequel to one of the greatest horror movies ever made was being laughed at in a theater. Yeah. Part three needed to be something. It, it needed to be, to be something special. And those same people that made it possible for Exorcist 2 to be such a laughing stock felt it was necessary to stick their grubby hands into this one. Yeah. And like, <laughs> boy, not for not for a fucking lack of effort to try to ruin it, but this movie stayed yeah. like cuz like it, it does. Like it was, this was one of those things like when I was a kid and I found out this came out in the 90s, like even early 90s. Yeah. It's super weird to me. And there's there's a real easy way to tell if like, cuz if you're a 90s kid, you can't not notice this. Like uh-huh. Two of the angels in the dream, like at the, the first dream he has, two of the angels, one's Patrick Ewing, NBA mm-hmm. legend Patrick Ewing, and mm-hmm. fucking male model extraordinaire Fabio. And did you miss one other cameo? Who did I miss? So there's a scene where, where he's he's dreaming about the little boy that 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 died and he's walking through, I guess they're they're like the gates of heaven. Yeah. Patrick Ewing is credited as the angel of death. Okay. Okay. Uh, or dark Fabio. Dark yeah. Fabio is just there looking Fabio like he's like you can he tell does. him right away. Yeah, like like you do. Okay, but in and the, the defense, vine in the man, of 
in the defense of Fabio, it was uh, 1990, like 23-year-old yeah. Fabio. Wasn't, he wasn't <laughs> Fabio yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> at that point, at that point, he was still posing for romance novels. Yeah, I was like, he's still the romance novel cover guy. <laughs> so um there's also the 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 old blind man who's sitting there saying that they're always late or something. I think the line they're always late. That's uh, Samuel Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson, and they dubbed his voice. That's not yeah. his voice. I know. Why? I was, I was gonna say they dubbed him too. One of the best voices, one of the most recognizable voices in the world. Like you hear yeah. that guy in cartoons, and you know it's him. Like yeah. he's done, he's done voices for a lot of cartoons, and there's no mistaking. Like, <laughs> no. That's Sam Jackson. Like, I mean, at the time, him. at the time, Sam Jackson had had he was only a character actor. Like he was only like bit parts. Yeah, yeah, like he he would. I I think the I think at the same year he also came out in Goodfellas in this movie because Goodfellas came out in 1990 as well. So he had a small role in that one, and then in this one he's just some random guy in a in a in a dream sequence. Yeah, but that dream, dream sequence, sequence, it really is, and and it and the way this movie is put together, like mm -hmm. it all feels like a dream. <laughs> uh, it feels a like lot long dream. It feels a lot like a fucking seventies like giallo film. Yeah, like, it feels like old Argento. Which and is why, like, which is why I think this movie uh, is so timeless. Yeah, because you can't tell that it was made in nineteen ninety. You can't tell no. that it was uh, uh, just just out of the decadent eighties. And it's, um, it's there's it's nothing funny in to this think movie. About. Like, because it looks so much like a giallo film, and like he was fucking far more closer. To scream coming out than when Suspiria did when this movie yeah. came out. Yeah. So so um like this movie is timeless and 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 you can't tell what time it takes place in. The only yeah. the only the only reason you can tell is because if you know who Patrick Ewing is, if you know yeah. who Fabio is, for fuck's sake, John Thompson, the head football, the head base basketball coach of Georgetown, shows up. And mm -hmm. I'm like, holy crap, John Thompson. Like, like what uh, a weird like cavalcade of like random actors they throw in this movie like for nothing well, parts. Well, they filmed it at Georgetown. So uh, ah. Patrick Ewing went to Georgetown. John Thompson was the head coach of the Georgetown Hoyas base basketball team. Yeah. So you know, you you would expect them to to, to have a little cap. Even even uh, uh, Larry King shows up in like a oh, split that's right. second. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but like, like that kind of takes you out, or that kind of like dates the movie a little bit. Mm. But other than that, man, like it it doesn't really take you out unless you know who those people are. And I yeah. and and I bet you, I bet you, ninety five percent of the people who are watching this movie for the first time will have no idea who any of those people are. Like, you know what's super funny though is because like I've watched this movie so many times and like. Mm. Like I made the connection, you know, and I said like it's a supernatural seven, and then I'm watching this and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, man! Like, seven just kind of ripped a lot off of this movie. Like yeah. even even right now when he fucking went to the crime scene and there was a message written in blood behind a portrait. Yeah, it it was like fucking David Fincher was sitting there. He's like, we do that scene seven times. <laughs> seven <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah, it's super funny, and, and like, he. He does a stereotypical cop of lifting the sheet, looking at it, and going, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so fucking funny to think about. And, like, doing the, the interviews and everything with everybody, like, yeah. the little things they do, because this is where they start slowly building up to, like, 
there's some really scary shit happening here. Yeah. Like, this is where they start building it up in the movie. Like, it takes a little bit. The first, like, little bit of it is really a detective story. Mm-hmm. And, like, okay. it, it, and, and that's the thing that I really like about the movie, too, is, like, he remains that detective all the way mm-hmm. to the end. Even when he's confronted with the reality of the situation, like, he's yeah. still a detective. And, like... I don't know, man. This movie is so good. There's so many good, like, builds to dread in it. Um, Has probably, in my opinion, the greatest jump scare ever, ever in any movie. Like, you know what you're talking about, right? That is is one of the reasons why this movie sticks in my head. Mm-hmm. And 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 I feel and I feel kind of bad because like everybody talks about this, but I remember watching this movie when I was like 15 years old. Yeah, dude, I was and, like fucking and, like nine or ten when I saw this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this this uh, we'll talk about this and then we'll go to break. But this scene <laughs> that you're talking about is so expertly crafted because it's all done in one take. Yes. And it's such a good like what's happening? And like man they drop it on you. Like the scene exists for the jump scare. Like yeah. it's the only reason they did it. Like just to scare the audience, just to pop them. And they and and they and they and they they foreshadow it because there's a yes. scene where where well they're talking about how how uh, how the uh how the people died. They cut out the guy. The killer cuts off their head, and then in pl- in its place puts a statue, or or, or like a like a Jesus head, mm-hmm. to replace it. And yeah. they stick these metal spikes in their eyes. Yeah, you know, which is ew. So, and then, like they 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 talk about how he probably did it, and they show these gigantic shears, mm-hmm. like that that are stainless steel, beautiful looking man, like. Yeah, like these, like these look like they belong in in the dentist from Little Shop of Horrors, man. Steve yeah. Martin owns these. <laughs> you, know? you won't find these at the Home Depot. No, no, dude. Like, like I I haven't seen shears like these since since the Clock Tower video games. You know, mm-hmm. like these are gigantic shears. You know, like they could they could cut a uh they could cut a, a person's head off like just easily, right? Yeah. So. They 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 talk about that and they they lean in on the on the horrific aspect of what it must be like to have your head cut off by one of those things. You know, yeah, no shit. And um, to describe the scene is to not do it justice. True. Like, if you haven't seen The Exorcist three guys, like, uh, well, one, you shouldn't be listening to this because we're gonna spoil a lot. But like, two. Yeah. There is a lot happening in this film, a mm-hmm. lot happening. And like as someone who's not a fan of jump scares, because like I think it's so stupid when someone's like, oh, it scared you. I'm like, I know. Right. I had a human reaction mm-hmm. to a loud noise that suddenly <laughs> fucking occurred. Like, yeah. no, that's not scary. This is a fucking jump scare that they surround a horror movie with. They let. Like, yeah. Like they let fester. Yeah. Like they really let this one simmer. Because it's a small setup, but it is an important one. And, like, when mm-hmm. they're describing this stuff and explaining it, it's very, like, oh, my God. Like, and just fucking unsettling, like, topics, unsettling discussions that you're listening to. And, like, 
they come back to this place later on and they have this one long shot and like to tell you what happens again like you're gonna if you're not if you've never seen this movie and i tell you what happens you're like well that doesn't sound very scary and yeah. then you're expecting it and like i cannot take this away from you like i really don't want to as much as i want to talk about it like <laughs> I know i'll tell you one thing man i'll, I'll tell you one thing mm-hmm. i uh watching it again i knew it was coming oh yeah but but the thing about it is that it holds for so long you're anticipating you're anticipating yeah. it and it kind of lulls you into a false sense of security it, it really does it really does <laughs> hit when your anticipation is like all right i'm just gonna relax because nothing's happening and that's yeah. when it happens like i don't know who timed the fear adrenaline ratio in the human body but it's pointed <laughs> perfectly in this in this yeah. scene and like the, calibra- the calibration was done exquisitely. <laughs> yeah, that's the, there you go. The calibration was done exquisitely. But like <laughs> it is. It's like holy shit, man. And like it is just such a fucking good and like scary like jump scare. It, it's it's mm. perfectly like placed. It's edited to be in the right spot at the right time. Mm. Because you yeah. really kind of, you really kind of could have thrown, once you realize all this scary shit is happening in this like loony bin that he's in, like you know, <laughs> it's it's just, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like they, it, the movie's done so well, and I I just think it's so funny to make this kind of a movie and think it what and just like it didn't hit your vision. You know what yeah. I mean? And <laughs> it's like that's too damn bad because you did a good job, and it took him like. All the way until he was dying for him to appreciate it. And like, yeah. they even found his original fucking beginning and end and they re edited it for him so he could see it before he died. Mm. And like, I don't know if they've released that. I don't think they have. No, they, they, they released uh, uh, a special, a special anniversary edition back in 20, 2020. Okay, so uh, then I need to just fucking get my hands on that because I haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's it contains both versions. That's crazy. Uh, That's so weird. Yeah. The Exorcist is like, and I mean, who could really like? It's an impossible task. Like, yeah, every time they make like sequels, they're never like the Exorcist movies are never what everybody wants them to be, and mm-hmm. it's because too many people keep sticking their fingers in it, like. I haven't seen the new one. I know it comes out a couple in a couple days on demand, but I haven't yeah. seen it. Um, I haven't heard good things. I haven't either. Uh, I heard they shoehorned the scene with Ellen Burstein. Like they just like the same way they did with Texas Chainsaw. Like we need to Halloween 2018 this. Like we need to mm-hmm. legacy it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, dude, like too many people keep sticking their fingers in the exorcist pies. Like part four was was littered with the same problems. Like there's Dominion, and then there's Exorcist: The Beginning. Like it's the same movie, just edited with different parts. There's the fucking studio's vision and the director's vision. Well, like, that's that's a that. strange story in itself because they yeah, made the movie hardcore. with with uh, what with um oh shoot the director your favorite director um Randy Harlan Randy yeah. Harlan directed the first version. No, right? he directed the second version. The second version, yeah. The second version. So they they had already filmed the first one, and the studio was like, "Nah, we're 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 gonna scrap it, and uh, yeah. reshoot it with Rennie Harlan." You know, 
So like there there are two different versions of the same movie. And it's it was a weird thing because they both came out at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. And, and like it, it makes it very confusing for the fucking audience. But like again, like I was saying before before I I, I cut myself off, but like mm-hmm. um what an impossible task. Like yeah. how do you make a sequel to what is considered by fucking like how do you argue with somebody when they say the exorcist is the greatest horror movie they've ever seen yeah like how do you argue that merit like that movie is really good it's very fucking timeless i mean how many modern horror movies have been nominated for best picture you know right and i mean it it is responsible for the exorcist genre for the exorcism genre there's so many mm -hmm. like oh i'm possessed horror movies like it's fucking frustrating and like everybody's trying to do the exorcist and how do you do that like how do you do that again like that movie fucking mortified people like fucking people went home and found jesus after seeing this movie that's (laughs) scary to people yeah like i've read story i've read stories of people giving up their lifestyle and like going full-on judgy jesus mode and like because of that movie like even even now, like we show, we show our girls a lot of horror movies, and The mm-hmm. Exorcist is one of those like let some fucking kid at school tell them about that one. Like and they can <laughs> they've got the, they've got the streaming sites in their room, like they've got access to everything. And if they're fucking sitting there in the middle of the night on Saturday and they're like, I'm gonna watch it, that's their nightmare to have. I will not yeah. be responsible for that. <laughs> like we can the both of us, the both of us are just like not the exorcist, man. Let some mm-hmm. fucking kid tell them about that one. Nope. Like I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna be responsible for showing them that one. And like there's there's only two scenes in that movie that 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 give me pause when it mm-hmm. comes to showing my kids that movie. Cause I cause I do plan on showing that to them, but not until they're way, way older. Like yeah, like teenagers, you know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe when if she's like sixteen and she's like, you know, I've never seen The Exorcist. Like, ah, I'll show you. Mm-hmm. There, sixteen, I'll show yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But like, now, <laughs> no, like they're no. fucking, they're eleven and and like seven or eight, and mm-hmm. like no, <laughs> like fuck. No. I felt so proud. I felt so proud because I uh, because Sessie wanted to watch a scary movie. <laughs> So I put on uh, the Disney Headless Horseman, uh, Legend of uh, Sleepy Hollow. Oh, good one. Uh, the, the cartoon, right? Yeah, yeah, still a good one. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, and and she's like, she's watching, and she's like, can you get to the scary parts? <laughs> Bro. So I fast forward. So I fast forward to uh, to where the horse is chasing, and she and and she's like, this is this is not scary, but it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So like, I remember showing my little one. She was the one who got really, 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 really into horror movies. Like mm-hmm. right now, my oldest one's getting really into them. Like they're coming mm-hmm. over this Friday. We're gonna do a big thing where we all we eat together and and they're gonna uh, stay the, the weekend with us. And we're gonna watch. Um, my oldest is obsessed with Five Nights at Freddy's, and that comes out mm-hmm. this, this Friday, Friday, this Thursday. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna like Ooh, we're all perfect. gonna sit as a family and and watch it, and um, like. Yeah, it's fine, what have you. But um they're both getting really in a horror. It's movie. no Willie's Wonderland, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, well, we already saw I already saw Willie's Wonderland and like whatever. But um yeah, dude, so like we're gonna do that. And I remember when we first started doing that, we're showing them a bunch of like PG thirteen horror movies to see how they handle it. 
Like mm-hmm. Arya is really obsessed with that movie, The Possession, with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Like mm-hmm. she she asked to watch that one over and over again. Like that's one that she like. I don't know why. Uh, we showed them The Conjuring and Insidious and all this stuff, and like she doesn't flinch, like at all. She's like whatever. So like, I was like, all right, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna show them a little harder stuff, and I showed them the original Pet Cemetery. And Arya was like, that one wasn't that scary. And I'm like, really? Like Pet Cemetery? <laughs> the original Pet Cemetery didn't do yeah. it for you? And she was like, it was okay. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm hitting her with the full nine. I'm going to show her the 2013 Evil Dead remake. And I show her that one. And we get all the way to the end when the entity crawls out of the ground. Yeah. And she was like, oh, man, now it's getting scary. Now it's getting scary. It's the end of the movie. Like, what do you mean now it's getting scary? Like, it's been scary. You haven't been scared? And she's like, ah, that one wasn't that good. And I'm like, fuck this kid. Like, I can't. <laughs> like, you know what? she's such a hard judge of horror movies, dude. And like, now my uh, oldest- you're like, you're like, you're like Steve Martin. And she's a very, very young Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, dude. She's like, candy bar. (laughs) Bro, she already has her own little vaudeville game. It's almost like a handshake when she sees me. Like, she'll come up to me. Right when I sit down, she'll walk up to me. I'll say, hey, kiddo, how how was your day? How was this? How was whatever? And she tugs my goatee. She tugs my mustache. She tugs the top of my hair. And then she pulls my eyebrows. And, like, that's how she says hi to me. That's cute. Like, <laughs> no, it's not. It hurts. <laughs> like, and, I, and I'm like, it's such a like Bill Murray, like Steve Martin thing. Like, I'm trying to like be serious and have a conversation. How's school? Like, are you doing okay without your sister in school with you? Because this is the first year they're not in the same school together. They always sat and ate with everybody. And like, my oldest is fucking, is she's already popular. Like, she figured that shit out real fucking quick and in a hurry. Nice. Like she's social with a bunch of people. She's already got three little girls that don't like her and they don't know her. They don't have her for class. They're mean to her. Like I'm dealing with my first set of bullies and I want to beat these kids up. Oh, but, but like she's already at that age where her fucking friends are. Have you seen this movie? Have you seen this mm-hmm. movie? And then she comes and she'll ask us like, hey, like, have you guys ever heard of this movie? And I'm like, yeah. Like the other day she asked us about Friday the 13th. And I was like, yeah, like we've, you know, I've, I, we've seen them all. And she's like, can we watch those? We're like, no, <laughs> no, ma'am. That's a whole fucking... nother reason not to watch those movies. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're 11. No, Fuck no. Like, yeah. and my, if my mom was still here, she'd be like, don't be a wuss, dude. <laughs> like, I can hear her. When did you but, watch Friday the 13th? I was like fucking seven or six. Dude, I was too young to be watching that shit. My mom was an irresponsible jackass. I love her and miss her dearly. But like, there, no, dude. Like, I and like, with all like the respect in the world to my mom, whenever the nudie scenes would come up, she's like, "Come your eyes." And like, <laughs> I've thought about being that parent. Like, but it's just like I'm. I'm the type of I'm the stepdad that goes, "Look, dude, I'm gonna say no, but I'm also gonna tell you it's streaming on this thing." Yeah. Like so, if you're at home and you fucking watch it, like that's you. Like I'm not gonna like that's that that's the game I play with them. Like I'm not gonna be responsible for showing you that movie. 
Like there's like you you see where it's streaming. You see we're on Prime. You have access to the Prime. Like we're on Prime. You have access to our Prime. If you see that it's on Prime, and I'm telling you that I'm not gonna let you watch it here. You know, yeah. you go to your room, and like that's not my fucking problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just I'm not gonna be the one who does it, dude. I just won't. <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody to coming to our TED talk on uh, children and horror movies and the appropriateness of their ages. <laughs> the, um, but uh, so responsibility for movies you show your children. No. So <laughs> what we do is we're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, uh, we are going to talk about probably um, the because let's just face it, from the moment that jump scare happens, mm-hmm. everything in this movie is perfection. Absolutely. So let's take a break. Let's uh, let's get our get our balls in a row, and uh, let's uh, let's uh, talk about that when we come back here on the Movie Know It All podcast on the Know It All Network. We'll be right back. Hey, Know It All Ned here. Thanks for tuning into the Movie Know It All podcast, part of the Know It All Network. For our past listeners, thanks for following us as we make this transition. We have lots of things in store, so stay tuned and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are also launching Patreon with exclusive content like early access to brand new episodes, feature-length movie commentaries, and more, all for as little as $5 a month. If you're new here, be prepared for foul language, truth bombs, bad impersonations, and stuff you literally can't find anywhere else. Remember, other podcasts may know a lot, but we know it all. It isn't perfect. There's a little blood left, I'm afraid. But regardless, the overall effect is astonishing. And isn't that really what counts in the end? Yes, of course. Good showbiz, Lieutenant, the effect. And then off comes the head without spilling one single drop of blood. Now, I call that showmanship, Lieutenant. 
And of course, no one notices pearls before sun. That performance like, has got to be one of and and Brad Dourif. <laughs> Let's just say, man, this guy's full of brilliant performances. God, man, what a, like we're so fucking lucky to live in a time with an actor <laughs> like him. Like, yeah. really, like, just like he, he didn't have to go that hard. Like, he really no. doesn't. But I, I, I don't know if it just comes super like easy to him to just come that hard, like, just show up like now, that. Now, let me ask you something, dude. Do you think that they put some modulation in his voice, or do you think he's just able to do that naturally? I think because he's able I, to do that. I heard some modulation. Yeah. Like, uh, but that's the thing is if there's modulation, it's slight. Yeah. Like, because I think they, they really didn't need modula- to do that. No, because I've heard him talk like that before. Like, mm-hmm. the thing is, everybody's used to hearing him as Chucky. Like, mm-hmm. this, yeah. this is fucking, bra- I mean, like, still Chucky. Like, mm-hmm. with a TV show going strong in its third season. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, what an absurd fucking situation that show is. I haven't seen any of two and I'm seeing the commercials for part three. And the only thing that I've been able to interpret is the daughter of the president of the United States somehow has Chucky and Chucky is assassinating people in the white house. Like that's all (laughs) that I got to catch up on that show. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck dude? Who figured Mm. out Chucky in the white house? Brad Dorif is fucking amazing. And everything that he does and like, he's so fucking just scary in this film. Cause like Brad Dorf is essentially playing three roles. Like he's mm-hmm. three people in one body. It's an anti-trinity. And mm-hmm. like, he's the person that he is. He's the Gemini killer. And fucking Father Caress is, uh, Father Karras is fucking attached itself to the fucking mm-hmm. Gemini killer. Like, and it's so with him. So I've gotten I've gotten a little confused because in the scene they switch back and forth between uh Brad Dorif and uh um uh what's his name? Um Patrick. Um <clears throat> this is Jason Patrick's dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh shoot, I can't believe I can't remember his name. Yeah, I can't either. But but um yeah, like they switch back and forth between between the two uh, Jason Miller, that's his name, Jason Miller. Yeah, there you go. And um, and uh, so whose body is actually does everybody see? They're seeing is Damien. It Karis. Yeah, they're seeing Karis's body. Okay, because in the in the in the movie they said that they found him, uh, uh, with uh, amnesia, down by the pier. Right. Right. And like they had no idea who it was, mm-hmm. but George C. Scott knew exactly who it was because he knew Father Karis. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So like. Imagine going into your going into a room, seeing your friend who you thought was dead. Yeah, and him you talking were sure about, and him talking about killing people in a way that, like, the most horrific serial killer that you've ever come across. Mm-hmm. You know, in his mannerisms and his voice, uh, like the acting that George C. Scott in this scene, even though the scene's not focused on him. Yeah, it's like, still like he's they, still there. They focus, they focus on his hands a lot. 
Yeah. And like what he does with his hands shows everything you need to know about what's going on with this guy's head. Yeah. You know? Like he's questioning everything. Yeah. Like George C. And- Scott will not be outdone, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing, man. I'll tell you one thing. Uh Brad Dorif does because he's only in ten minutes of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but he's only a few he plays of one of but he's only he's one of the best horror villains. Ever that that there ever is because ever. he's doing it all while being tied in yeah. a room yeah. in yeah. a padded a room. Excuse me. Like and like just his intensity, his face, his mannerisms, his voice. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. It really, it, it's a very scary scene. He's and doing like, everything with his face. And like. It even like having like like afterwards how George C. Scott like calls like his ex and everything or I forgot who she was and he just wanted to hear her voice. Like and he's mm-hmm. crying and shit. Like it's so weird because like everything about it is is just mad unsettling. And like Brad Dorif, it, it does get confusing because like the, the demon in the original movie was Pazuzu. And in this one yeah. it's Legion. Like, that's why he's able to fucking be so many people. Like, we are legion for we are many. Like, it's a bunch of demons. It's it's one demon that's a bunch of demons. And, like... And, and I think that's where they kind of fucked up, is they kind of red-herringed, like, Pazuzu. Like, mm-hmm. oh, just kidding, it wasn't Pazuzu. It was legion pretending to be Pazuzu, kind of, I guess. Mm-hmm. Shut up. You know what I mean? Like, they don't really <laughs> explain it. Like, yeah. it's a real, like, what do you care? And I'm like, well, because you called it Exorcist 3, dick. Well, that's the thing. They never really, they, I mean, if you know demonology, uh, you know that that little statue that they keep holding up is Pazuzu, but they never really say it's Pazuzu in the first one. They never right, really right. say. Yeah. Um. So, like, as far as the layman is concerned, an exorcism is an exorcism, a demon is a demon right. or a, demon or a demon demon demon. whatever, yeah. you know. So, um, chocolate but and I, metal, I, I like I like that they that they use that they use that uh, as as a way to uh, to explain what's going on. Like it's not just one; it's many. It's many, you know. Yeah. And and the humans are the vessels, you know. And it it, it that makes it even more terrifying because there's no reason for any of this going on. Yeah. You know. It's so, just malicious. It's malicious for uh, the sake of being malicious. Yeah. But I, I think but, that makes for a fucking interesting villain. Like when they're just cruel for the sake of being cruel. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind a good origin and I don't mind a good backstory if it's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just because you can give some things a backstory doesn't mean you need to give some things a backstory. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know why Leatherface and his family eat people. Like that's something <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. Like I know a bunch of movies have tried explaining it in different ways and that's fine. But like... Did you ever need it? Like, nope. did, like, or was the fact that they fucking ate people because that's what they do scary? Like, that's scary to me. Like, because we like the taste. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a scary yeah. thing. And I, I appreciate malicious storytelling. Why is this Some thing? Because, yeah. Like, why is this thing? Because it is. Like, because yeah. that's just the way it is. It's here and it's fucking mean. Like I enjoy Some stuff men like just that. want to watch the world burn. Yeah. Like okay, see, like stuff like that. I don't care why the Joker is the way the Joker is. Like yeah. I really don't. 
I appreciate every single attempt at an origin. Like they're all valid in one way or another, and they're all good in one way or another. And because of the multiverse, they're all canon. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with that. I like that we somehow figured out how to give the Joker multiple choice origins. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's great. Like, but I like that about that character in the Dark Knight. Like, why is he like yeah. this? Because he is. I don't know why he's like this. Because that's just he showed up like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like he is what he is. And he's just And that's part that's part of the terrifying aspect of the Joker, you know? Yeah. Like you don't know who you don't know who he is. You don't know where he comes from. You don't know what his reasons are. You don't know any of that. Yeah, because like in the biggest fear is the fear of the unknown. Like in the first exorcist, the demon felt like there was a reason behind its possession. They never really give you that. But it does feel like it's trying to escape. Like it has ulterior motives. Like yeah. this one is, it's just here because it's here. Like because mm-hmm. it's strong and it can. Like and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. That's why it does it. Like no real fucking rhyme or reason. Not because it's trying to like give birth to the Antichrist or mm-hmm. fucking it's got to shit a diamond before midnight on Halloween. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, so... So there's a scene, there's another scene. Oh god, this movie's so full of these scenes. There's mm-hmm. a scene where we're introduced to um Father Morning, played yeah. by Nicole Williamson. Yeah. Okay. Cogliostro. <laughs> Cogliostro. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and I gotta tell you, man, he I I, th- I think he plays a better Cogliostro in this movie than he does in Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because but- that's the fault of a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, I didn't recognize him as for, at first, you know? I only yeah. recognized him after he started talking. After I heard his voice, I'm like, holy shit. Like, it's cool, Oscar, right? Yeah. But he uh, because he looks, he looks totally different. Yeah, yeah, he has a very distinct voice. Very yeah. regal. Very, you know. But his there's a scene where he's weird. sitting in his room. The what? And his hair is weird. Yeah. He he looks like he looks like a um oh shoot what's his name um from Blade Runner um blonde Burger hair Burger Hauer Burger yeah <laughs> yeah I can see that but <laughs> but there but there's a scene where he's in his room right and he has a little bird in a box and then all of a sudden the bird stops chirping and then the crucifix falls to the floor Just and then there's a shot like that there's like there's no there's no there's no dialogue and yeah. there's a shot where there's a close up of of uh, of the crucifix and you see jesus a tear falling from jesus eye yeah like and then the wind starts blowing and, and it gets all crazy and it's almost like he knows what he needs to do right yeah so the last scene of this movie the 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 added part of this movie is the exorcist because apparently uh you need to have an exorcism in an exorcist movie <laughs> and like not for nothing though not for nothing this exorcism mm-hmm. scene is dope. Like, they spent all the $4 million on this set yeah, alone. Like they, like, they lit the dude. room on fire. They have cobras running around. Like, real cobras, dude. Like, dude. No CGI. These are real fucking venomous snakes just hanging yeah. out together and surrounded by a fire. Like, as amazing as this scene is, though, as amazing as this scene is, it is kind of out of out of place and out of nowhere oh yeah know? because super out of nowhere. everything in the movie everything going movie one is way is yeah. downplayed right like everything is is it's slow burn it's everything is 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 uh, uh insinuated like 
you know, the murders, how, how everything's going on. And then all of a sudden you have this big, huge set piece <laughs> of this exorcist where the wall, the, 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 the floors cave in and there's fire coming out. It's and a Father rotating is, room. <laughs> and Father Karras is on a freaking crucifix, you know, being crucified. Like it, it's, and, and, and Nicole Williamson, Father Morning is just trying his best to do, to do the thing. And then, and then it skinned alive. <laughs> he's being skinned alive, dude. And it's then so brutal. And then, uh, does he die? Does does Father Morning die? He doesn't die, right? No, <laughs> I, think, I think he survives. So and then and then um, the, I, I love this callback to <laughs> for for poor Karis man. <laughs> poor Karis, <laughs> he really ate a lot of shit, like, dude, and a lot of bullets. <laughs> yeah, <Ooh. laughs> because like they add two oh nine his ass. <laughs> He gets he gets control of his body one last time. He's like, kill me, kill me. And then and then George Scott just like shoots him, like doesn't even let him finish the sentence. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> and just unloads on him, dude. It unloads is, on him. And it's super funny because it does like excuse me. I'm sorry, I'm drinking a soda. But like it totally does. Like it it builds to one ending because it was going one way. It was, you could feel it. Like that it was going to be a subtle turn yeah. to like damnation. Like, uh oh, the shit is all real. And like, instead, mm -hmm. they accidentally like shift their way into this just absurd, what the fuck is happening ending. Yeah. And it's so good. Like, yeah. it's and you know what adds, you know what adds to the craziness of this? Um, uh, what's his name? Um, Jason Miller was he was he was dying, yeah. yeah he around was this time, he was he was he was very sick, and he was able to come back and do these scenes. And, and I think that adds because you could tell he's in pain, you yeah. know, hardcore. But but like, I mean the 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 ending where like everything's going crazy, and then he shoots him, and then everything goes back to normal. It's like this this relief, this sigh of relief. Um, on the film's part and on on uh, George C. Scott's part, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like it, like it's finally ended. The sigh of relief. What was the original ending, by the way? I don't know. Like I only recently found out about them like having that new ending, and I'm like, I haven't seen that. Like I was, yeah. I was that that one just somehow. Like when you told me it came out in 2020 earlier, I was like, man, that really dipped under my radar. Like I yeah. just missed it somehow. I just missed hearing about that. <laughs> Like, I wonder, I I mean, like, that's because, like, there wasn't a whole lot going on in 2020. Like, if you stayed inside, like <laughs> I did. Yeah, like, I know. And, like, somehow, I, 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 in the fucking, like, wealth of shit I was reading up on, I must have missed that. And, like, it's super wild to me. Because, like, I, I totally fucking want to look that up. Like, I imagine it was Shout Factory. Like, I imagine. Yeah. It, so I might fucking, yeah. I might spend the, like, $40, $50 on it just because I want to see it. Yeah, no, I, I know. I know that they released it. I know that they released it, but um, I, 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 uh, I don't know how hard it is to get right now. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Oh, that's true, right? Like those fucking movies. Yeah. They only release them in limited fucking quantities. Yeah, but but yeah, man. Uh, the the last the the last scene is very. Uh, 
I mean, as surreal as the heaven scene was, the, the heaven uh, dream Yeah, scene, the dream. As surreal as that, it wasn't over the top. <laughs> yeah, not like, like this, this dude. Was, <laughs> this is like Michael it's Bay action just movie. Lightning you know? striking in the padded room. Like, <laughs> it's super and weird. Nicole, if, if Father Morning is on the ground, like, bleeding to death, yeah. from, like, being skinned alive, you know, still trying to finish the prayer, you know. And- and like the ground opens up, like it's so fucking, it's silly, and yeah, like as compared to, as, as as compared to the rest of the movie. But like I said, it does accidentally make for one like insane ending. Like yeah. it really builds you to this fucking insane, absurd ending, and mm-hmm. it doesn't take away from the rest of the movie. Like that's the no, weird it doesn't. Part. Like because just it's it's. it's it's kind of like because the whole movie was just tense, 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 yes. tense. And this and this feels like the the rubber band finally snapping, you know. Yeah. So it it, it kind of works. Yeah. I I I mean I'm I'm I, I like the ending. I I really do. I don't think it ruins the movie at all. It, yeah. It just, it's just it's just like it's just like dust till dawn. Like one movie where a crime heist, the other movie is like vampires. You know. Right. <laughs> it kind of does that. Like one's a fucking yeah. like. One part's a fucking detective noir, and the ending's a fucking absurd horror movie. <laughs> yeah, like it's it, a gentle nightmare. <laughs> yeah, like it really does fucking swing for the fence. Of fuck me, this is creepy. Like yeah. it's it's weird, dude. <laughs> and like yeah. I love, I do love everything about it. I can see why fucking William Friedkin was like, oh fucking kill me, like about it. <laughs> like I can see why he'd be upset. Like, especially if like whatever the original ending was like, you could tell they weren't, they weren't aiming for this ending. Like, this is not what he had in mind. Like you can totally fucking tell, but like, I imagine if you're seeing this for the first time and like, you got so much of what you wanted, right. (laughs) And they like, all right, now I need cobras in the fire. (laughs) Yeah. What? You know what I mean? Uh, we can't no. pick something less venomous. They all have teeth. No, it's got to be cobras. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, man. So there, there's according to IMDb, there's two versions of this movie. There's Exorcist Three and Exorcist Three Legion. The Exorcist Three Legion is five minutes shorter um, than than the theatrical run, but they're basically. Uh, yeah, one one is William Peter Blatty's like his full vision, and the other one is the studio meddling. The one that we're watching, the one that's like on on Peacock right now, yeah. is the original theatrical cut, which yeah, is yeah. brilliant. Good. <laughs> one of my favorite horror movies, yeah. one of the greatest sequels of all time. And uh, I got to tell you, man, it still holds up un- thirty three years later. Like one of the greatest unintentional sequels. Like watching like just reading about how much they duked it out with each other about the way the movie has to go and they still uh, managed to produce a movie this good like they yeah, still managed exactly. to produce this really intense and fun fucking horror movie and it is yeah very much an example that i use often um mm. when i talk about fucking cuz you know i've i've said there's a lot of really good part 3s like, and I mean, like part three by definition is like the shittiest thing you can do, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of really, really, really good ones that are out there. And like, I will always mm. use this one as an example. This is a bar mm. part three movie. Yeah, like, exactly. When, some, when someone's like, there's no such thing as a good, like part three. Like if you want to end that argument definitively and quickly, like exorcist three, 
Yeah. Like there's no fight Straight to be up. had. Like nope. this is an amazing horror movie. It is an amazingly good sequel. Like it mm-hmm. follows the story enough that you're like, oh, that's crazy. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. There's like, enough callbacks, but it did its own thing very much. Yeah. Like it very much did its own thing, but it, it calls back to the first one just the way you like it. Like mm-hmm. subtle enough, but in your face enough to know what you're getting. Yeah. Like, oh, I remember that scene. Like I remember yeah. that guy. <clears throat> like they did so, a great job of it. Like they really did. So I wanna I wanna end end this uh this discussion by saying that uh tubular bells is still used in this movie. Um, I recently saw a video about the history of tubular bells and it was not what I thought it was. Apparently the guy, the guy who created tubular bells was like an experimental prog rocker. And that was like on one of his albums that the director just picked out. Because if you notice the tubular bells song was only used in one scene in the exorcist. And that was when she was walking down the street. Yeah. That was the only part. It wasn't meant to be the Exorcist theme, mm-hmm. but anyway, just kind of uh, became that. <laughs> yeah, but like, like, and I'm gonna plug a, a YouTuber called Todd in the Shadows. Oh, he yeah. discusses it, discusses it, and it's like I, I watched it, and I was blown away by how crazy that story was. Anyway, um, next week uh, we're gonna continue our uh, horror. Um, horror, horror adjacent. Um, <laughs> now you know. Um, now, whereas I've just defended good part three movies, there is in <laughs> fact no such thing as a yeah. good part four. Yeah, <laughs> like so. Boy, have I reached the bottom of the barrel and asking yeah. you to do this one with me, Will? <laughs> <laughs> I have. I, there's I bad have, part fours out there, but man. There is one that is a cut above the rest. I never planned on doing this one, <laughs> but like just 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 because I've never never really seen it. <laughs> You're gonna hate me so uh, much, dude. Uh, apparently, I am. Uh, yeah. We so might. We are going next to... week may be the final episode of the movie Know It All podcast because <laughs> Will might not ever talk to me again for making him watch and review this piece of shit with me. <laughs> so. Uh, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be discussing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, all right, starring all Academy right, Award right. winner Matthew McConaughey and Academy Award winner Renee Zellweger. <laughs> the Academy was nowhere close to this one, my friend. Like, oh, holy shit. God, dude. What an absurd piece just of chewing, shit movie. Just like, two young Texas actors trying to make it and put food on their table. <laughs> Like okay, and here's the thing: struggling actors. I, I have. I was like, young. I was struggling. I need. I have money. so much to say about these movies, dude. About this movie in particular, like, and I don't want to. I don't want to get into it now because I'll fucking go another two hours on this one, dude. <laughs> like, I'm so fucking thrilled to do this yeah. one because there's just so much to talk about. There's so much to enjoy, and how uh, bad it is, and like we'll talk uh, about that yeah. next week. <laughs> like, I... I can't wait. Oh, I mean that. Sincerely. (laughs) Sincerely, sincerely. All right. Well, hey, Bob, where can people find our amazing podcast? They can find us wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're on Podbean. We're on Spotify. We're on Good Pods. I remembered it this time. Like, listen to us on good pods man listen to us on spotify yeah. like i like us on spotify i like to listen yeah. to our podcast well we're we're delightful bro 
I know. I I like listening to it while you know just driving down the street. You know, Dave, there's nothing so else to listen smart. to. So I know we're we're boosting up our numbers single handedly. So <laughs> no uh, shit, speaking right? of numbers, speaking of numbers, man, uh, we have like like uh, toys to buy and Batmobiles to buy. So like, if you guys can drop <laughs> drop a couple of bucks, and uh, I'm just kidding, ladies and gentlemen. Like we, uh, it'd be nice to uh, drop by and become a patron of ours. Show your support, Absolutely, drop man. us a couple bucks, and uh, get in on the fun, uh, you know. So, uh, yeah, man, next week, Text Chainsaw Massacre, Next Generation. Are you excited, God help bro? Us all. God help us all. You know, the only <laughs> thing that's, the, you know, the best part about having two really good top-tier A-list fucking talent actors in your horror movie is surrounding them. With fucking, I once played a tree in a high school production of a fucking musical that you've never heard of. Like <laughs> actors surrounding them. Like, oh there's no good actor around. Well, no, I, I, I lie. We'll get into it. Mm, yeah. But like, I, holy shit. I, once, I once did a, a week of summer stock. Yes. <laughs> summer stock mostly. Yeah, summer <laughs> stock mostly. <laughs> but anyway, I'm Will. I'm Bob. <laughs> And my friends, this is a Movie Know-It-All podcast here on the Know-It-All Network. We will see you all next week. Later.